their projects involved with a lot of people. I really yeah. get a kick out of, that's why I really like musicals and I okay. like, you know, a lot of synchronicity and stuff. But I'm so detail oriented and I can actually be quite um, self-critical that I won't reveal it or ask for help until I feel it's ready. Mm. Well, I was doing that. No more of that because it doesn't get done because you'll never sometimes you know that person feel like it's never really ready right and if you're not ready to just expose it maybe to at least a couple people or put it down to paper yeah like oh I need to think of it all until I can write it yeah no no no, yeah, no. Right. just write it make it do the sloppy notes do the sloppy sketches don't think yeah. you have to be the perfect you know painter to start painting it you know like just get in yeah. it and then it'll become a thing. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's, a, that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. And in today's episode, we are joined by someone actually a little bit different than our usual guest, Courtney Badio. She is a multidisciplinary director and designer in the fine arts. I had to slow myself down there because I was talking very fast. But, so her title is kind of hard to describe, right? Because multidisciplinary director and designer. Um, what does that really mean? Good question. Um, we get really into deep uh, what she talks about with art and creativity. And as we talk about in the show, she's one of my oldest friends going all the way back into middle school. And we really kind of recap everything. She was in London for the last three years and finishing her directing uh, performance studies and now is back here in the good old US of A of Chicago, in Chicago rather, and we just kind of catch up over the last three-ish years of what her life has been like. And then on top of that, we get really tactical on what we've been, or what she's been doing rather, um, on how to make a better routine going forward because now that she's back here in the United States, she gets to kind of create a brand new routine on whatever she wants it to be, which is really, really cool. And so this is a really great conversation, everybody. And for those of you who are coming here um, because of Courtney, because she was in London for three years, I'm really glad she is, was able to come on the show. And it was just like, we had this really great chemistry and um, we break the fourth wall a lot. So be prepared for that, everybody. And this is just a really fun one. And I hope you all enjoy my conversation with with Courtney Badio. All right, everyone, we're back with another episode. We're joined by Courtney Badio, back from London. It's been a long time. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> she was drinking water. Yes, I was having a sip of water, so. <laughs> this is like, I don't know, it's, it's strange, because like the more I get into this stuff, the more people I meet again, or... I guess, reconnect with in some way. And <laughs> the fact that this one's even happening is kind of strange too, because I kind of like vaguely remember when you left for London, or at least when you were like back for a very short time, and then we... 
Well, that was, I mean, I, so I just returned back. I just got my bachelor's degree. Uh, yes. So when I left, I had done a few years at Harper and then I've been gone for the last three and a half years. So totally understandable if yeah. you vaguely remember that. <laughs> I think the last time we were just discussing probably the last times we saw each other was when I returned my first time coming back for Christmas. Yes. And we ended up at the infamous Bulldogs. Yes. So good old catch up there. College reunion or high school reunion. It, 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 I don't know. I haven't gone back there in ages. I avoid it like the plague at this point. It really is. So it is it's a high school reunion every time and you see just some familiar faces, but in the ways that they've changed, I don't know. I always find that really yeah. intriguing. You're just like, oh. I, I wonder now at this point, because I haven't been back, it's like, hey, I listen to your podcast. I could guarantee you that would happen if I went back. Hey, everybody from Conant. Shout out to the graduates of 2011. Oh, We're God. still here. We're hustling. <laughs> and you're listening to our podcast coming to you live from Elk Grove Village. <laughs> we, we were talking about how we say live regardless. <laughs> I know. Even though we're technically not live. But anyways. I love coming to you live. <laughs> coming to you live. I know. It feels... My friends who, when I first started doing this, like, oh, there goes Wenzel with his radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to my radio show. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so you've already kind of gone over what your, like, you know, last few years have been like, but do you want to go into any more detail of, like, what you've been working on, things like that, or just in general experience stuff? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went to, so pretty much what I was doing at Harper College, I did a associate's degree in fashion design, which I absolutely adored. I was doing garment making, but I was more towards wearable art and mm -hmm. was interested in what went beyond the garments. So I was always mm. really interested in imagining what my fashion show would look like and getting oh, okay. really obsessed with the theatrical elements of it, uh, especially once I saw, I mean, some people could, you know, I mean, if you're involved with fashion, it's like obvious mm -hmm. Alexander McCoy. Queen's work, um, so some of the more theatrical shows. Yeah. Uh, but with that came, I was told by a tutor of mine, uh, absolute inspiration and mentor of my life, uh, no joke, this is like forever, someone near and dear to my heart. She told me about this school, uh, it's called Central St. Martin's in London. And I had never thought of going abroad for school right. or wasn't even sure if I was gonna go for a bachelor's degree at this point. I was looking at, you know, more local stuff. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so she told me about the school. And once I looked at what they were doing, I fell in love with it. This became my number one choice for where I wanted to go. It's actually a very world-renowned school for the arts. And I <laughs> applied... I applied for that. I actually did put all my eggs in one basket. I oh, made really? the portfolio specifically for this application. And um, I had my interview downtown in Chicago in person and I got accepted. But what I hadn't told my parents and my tutor that told me to go there for fashion, I actually switched my degree focus mm -hmm. uh, to a course called performance design and practice. So I wasn't going for a fashion degree now, I was going for performance design. And I purposely switched this right before the interview. Uh, so I had a whole fashion portfolio for this performance program because I really wanted to be take this next three years and explore beyond garment making, which I was trained in, I had been doing since high school. Mm -hmm. um, and I really wanted to get into whether it was costume, but also set design and directing uh, some of my own work. So. For the last uh, three years in that course, I've been able to explore theater, uh, but also like all elements of performance. Mm -hmm. So being involved in film projects, uh, 
performance art uh, and also theater and um, just meeting all sorts of people and this school has uh, all sorts of degrees. We have graphic designers, fine artists, fashion designers. Um, Oh goodness! Some people are probably gonna get annoyed that I forget about them. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but, you know, it's a it's a. I can always all, link to the school, yeah, so people can go check out the link to it's it. It's beautiful, also <laughs> like walking in there every day. But yeah, so I got to go to my dream school, which was amazing, and spent some time abroad, and met some fantastic people, and did some really sick projects. So. Um, after that, you know, it was actually a bit harder to get the uh, visa than I first thought, oh, and really? I was pretty hung up on staying there, but now that I'm, you know, I did realize I was, I did know I was coming back in the end, and so I just returned here a month ago, and yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't know, I'm just, I've, you know, going through my interview process right now, so right. I'm used to summing all this up, not, <laughs> yeah, ram right. not rambling like this, <laughs> but, um, you're not rambling, you're good, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I'm looking, you know, I'm just looking forward to embracing this next thing, and I think we're gonna be talking about yeah. living out here and everything, yeah. but, um, yeah, so that's, that's where I've been. And As, I'm back now. Is, Hello. <laughs> I was there and now I'm here again. Yes. <laughs> there and back again, if we're going to quote Lord of the Rings. It was, around a, us. it was a long trip home, but I, I've made it. I mean, it's so cool to like see just the different places people end up, right? Like, if you think about it, right? You're some person who's grown up in the suburbs of Chicago and you were mm -hmm. able to go to some, like, this crazy you know, art school and in the middle of London, it's like prestigious. Although, you although know. I have to cut you off real quick and yeah. tell you the truth is when I was in London, every time somebody asks where I was from, I right. would say Chicago because right. geographically you can't just say Elk Grove Village. Nope. And also that doesn't <laughs> sound so cool. So no. everybody got really excited when I'd say Chicago. Yeah. But what was funny was I, you know, once I ran into people that were from Chicago or that they were, we're from, right? they would be, what part of Chicago are you from? And yes. I was like, oh, busted. And I'd be like, actually, I'm from the suburbs. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was, I, that was part yeah. of the experience. That's why I that say, was my dirty secret. That's why I say it that way, because anyone who's outside of this, you know, suburbs of Chicago, they're not going to understand it. Other than they're just going to hear the Chicago part of that sentence. <laughs> well, and I had a, I had a good friend from California, uh, who might listen to this, who knows, but I had a good friend from California who'd always just said, you're from corn country. And I was like, no, we're not, we're not in the cornfields. No. We're still involved in, you know, <laughs> the, the best way the I explain it kind of is we're close to Woodfield because most people know Woodfield. Oh, which is still not too complimentary. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it makes me cringe a little bit because I'm like, Woodfield's just a mall. It's not that exciting. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it, it's one of those things that I think is really cool, though, just to, to kind of be able to explore the world it, from even in just a small regard, right? Like to, to get away, you know, and to go across the pond. Yeah, <laughs> I what was cool was seeing things. I mean, I think the first thing when people ask me, oh, what was your favorite part about being over there would mm -hmm. be definitely... I mean, the first thing that comes to mind every time someone asks me this is architecture and the history, because their history runs so old <laughs> that it's like it's so visible and evident when you're walking the streets of, you know, different cities and even within and especially within Europe, too. And also just seeing um, different landmarks and, uh, you know, different monuments like that where you've read about it, you've seen it in movies and yeah. um 
but now you're there. And I did not think I was, because like I got to go to other cities too, and even when I went to Paris, I didn't think I was gonna be starstruck by the Eiffel Tower, but when I did like, walk up to it I was like oh my god this is so big <laughs> and then I got like a bit like you know like uh blown away like a little yeah. like oh, there it the is the moment of awe kind <laughs> yeah. of thing yeah that's yeah. super cool so it was you know little <laughs> stuff like that but I do have my favorites that I got to see yeah. and you know experiences I just think it's cool too is like because you kind of we kind of mentioned it yesterday when we were talking like the, the scale of places, like, you get a bit way, way different sense of how large, like, the United States is. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that, because, like, you can, what is it, I don't know exactly the numbers, because I haven't been there, but it's, like, you can basically take a train all over Europe, more or less. <laughs> if you, if you Google, so what I did when I got, pretty much, yes, definitely, and the point I, def, I, I have made to you, too, is uh, how, you know, pretty much the size of the United States is really like its own mini countries. Uh, whereas if you do, if you even look at like the overlay, so what I did, um, just a side note, I got to, I just did a road trip driving from the southern tip of Texas. When the oh, wow. second week I got back to the States last month, right before Christmas, I drove from the southern tip of Texas back to Chicago. Whoa. Um, for, yeah, so. Just but, fun? No, it was <laughs> kind of a drag, but, oh. you know, took my Nana's car, you know, we, Nana passed away, uh, so okay. I went with my dad, etc. Gotcha. But with that trip, Sorry though, we, <laughs> I know, rest her soul. Um, but with that trip, though, we did have a great trip, and um, but with that though, we did map out even just the size of Texas overlaid onto Europe, and it was insane, like just how much that state itself covers, <laughs> like how much land it does. So it was real perspective. Yeah, you know, that's so weird <clears throat> to me to think about that because, you know, I do drive a lot. So for school, for those of you returning, you guys know that I go to school in NAU. So driving two hours a day is like it's like sixty miles total. So, yeah, <laughs> to drive to drive that far is kind of crazy <laughs> yeah so you get a lot of time in the car then yes and, like, listen that one, that's to why i love podcasts and i'm probably gonna mention a couple during this one too <laughs> you know i love but that's what i'm excited to be about like be on here as well because i am so into podcasts right now i am i'm into audiobooks at the moment mm -hmm. as well because there's something about like yes i can recycle my music and listen to that i love getting yeah. inspired and like thinking of new ideas or new lip sync performances per se i'm sure we'll, you'll have to go into that i'll mention that <laughs> we're gonna have to put a pin in that one i'm an award-winning lip syncer actually Ooh. uh <laughs> talents one award no and it was cash uh <laughs> but no but i mean so i do like to use that for like creative input but mm -hmm. also just like taking some time to learn stuff and hear other people and have just like you know it's like bringing back um talk radio yeah it's really what that does too which is to great. me it's like talk radio but selectively yeah it's like talk radio but you get to like be a fly like i call it being a fly on the wall in places that you should that you really have no right of being because you're like part of a conversation even though it's not directed at you mm. you're like part of it and you're able to take what they say and then like re like re-listen to it and like mm. figure out like where they like where they're coming from from like a nuanced point you know, and so I was listening to like one of my favorite podcasts right now is is a Peter Tia is the host of it, and he's a medical doctor, and so he gets all of his like medical doctor friends, and like you know they're all physicians or surgeons or in you know the tops of their fields and respective places, and so there was one oh my god I'm gonna <clears throat> want to misquote it, um because I, I don't remember the name of the surgery that he does. But I need to be proper. Proper. So phones are a thing. Yeah, get on there. <laughs> um, Make sure you cite it right. Yeah, or I'll, I'll feel terrible about it. 
So his name is er Dr. Eric Chehab, or Cheheb. Uh, he's an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. And so I was listening to this podcast today, and it's like the the quality of the content is like being, you know, in med school with like a graduate, you know, with like him as your professor, and he's like running through like all the things that matter most to him. It's like if you got to pick his brain and be like, okay, so here's like in your field, what do you think is the best thing you can do for your patients, kind of thing? And it's like. This is all free, though. Like, it's, like, two hours of them just shooting the shit and, like, you know, best friends, like, you know, how to, like, view surgeons who would have just coffee over, you know, having coffee together talking about, like, how we are right now, right? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and it, it's just, like, I'm absorbing this high-quality knowledge that you would never get anywhere else outside of going to med school, right? <laughs> Did you hear that? Listen up. This is high-quality knowledge coming to you. Live. <laughs> is that going to be... <laughs> That's like... I don't know. I think I'm going to start a podcast just so I can say that Coming every to day. you live yeah, every no time? Yeah, no joke. <laughs> that should be the name of your podcast. Coming to you live. Coming to you Courtney live. With Courtney Badio. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have to hire the movie phone guy if he's still alive to do that. Coming to you live. Be part of your intro, right? I know. And as I don't want to sound too... I mean, speaking of podcasts that we're into, I hate to we're sound like... So Right now. I hate to sound like a new year, new me kind of person, but also... It's perfect for January. It's just, it fits because I'm in a new, like, chapter. I've just moved. Mm -hmm. I had to pack up my stuff and come back to a place that I'm familiar with. sounds like the great title with. for this podcast. What? New chapters. New chapters. <laughs> Chapter one. No. <laughs> we're, I think we're, we're on, going... like, book three. Yeah. Like, series four, you know. Uh, but I don't know. So a lot of mine are a lot more like uh, maybe like not life. Well, there is one that literally says the lifestyle podcast. Mm -hmm. But, you know, something like um, being boss, which is like two entrepreneurs just mm -hmm. having their own conversations, which I absolutely love because they sound <laughs> a lot like me and uh, my friend. Actually, I'll just say her name, Linda, because if she's listening to this, and her and I actually shout out, shout out to Linda. Her and I collaborate together. She's a fantastic oh, cool. glass artist. By the oh, way, oh yeah, you mentioned her yesterday. I'm gonna give her a moment, at, like going on a tangent, because Linda is absolutely fantastic. If she has an Instagram or something. You could definitely send me links, and I can. Yes, put it we'll in get there. the art of Linda Ann on there because um, <laughs> her and I just had actually our re most recent collaboration, which we're still mm -hmm. in the process of working on, and some other great artists were involved in this as well. But she's a creator of this piece which is called chain reactions and uh, so we're doing a film but we also did a live performance That's and she so cool. just she hand makes glass over a torch and she does everything from jewelry to wearable art with in collaboration with me yeah and um, so she's absolutely fantastic but this these two characters on this one podcast remind me a lot of her it sounds like and Whenever I, that is finished, that collaboration, it sounds like a return <laughs> podcast with the both of you, if possible. <laughs> well, you know, and we, in order to take notes, because when we were doing our film and we're working on the concept and how to word it, because, so what we're working with with Chain Reactions is discussing, um, I'll just dive right into yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. Now that we're on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with Chain Reactions, what we're talking about is... You know, everybody holds some sort of like baggage or aka chains. Mm. Um, but with these chains, and I showed you an image of it before, mm -hmm. there are these clear glass chains. Yeah. So with that, you know, she's completely covered in them, and uh, it's almost like you know represents something you can't get out of. But she can actually break free from it. But yeah. then also, what do you do after you break free from that, and how do you grow 
after you make this mess of breaking free. That's kind of cool. So there's all this glass everywhere. She, you know, it's a complete mess, but then also how does she bring herself back together and grow yeah. anew, which is where these handmade glass flowers come in. It's absolutely beautiful. Also, wow. if that doesn't entice you, which it should, <laughs> uh, slow motion glass breaking and chains, handmade chains being for the less, broken for the and busted. less creative bunch. <laughs> oh, it's action. And that was sick to film. It, it sounds so cool from like... <laughs> the, the the thing I got out of that as you're explaining it was like visual storytelling. Like, that is actually written down in no anyway yes definitely. <laughs> like that's I'm all that's about like it. the one word that I got out of that that I could because I could kind of like picture it of as like a storyboard without seeing it. Yeah, <laughs> visual it's, storytelling. It's so cool and like because like right now is like by the time this one goes live, you, me and uh, Jordan would have done our first podcast of 2019. So. You guys will hear me and Jordan talk about storytelling a lot, and we're going to be doing more of those going forward. And it's like become one of his like passions because he's into screenwriting and things like that right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I got him a book that's like the scripts of Dark Knight, all three of the Batman. Oh, uh, cool. It's like s the scripts of those uh, in a book form, so he gets to read it and like see how they actually translated that to the film itself. And so we we've gotten like really deep into storytelling as themes and. That's just one of my huge things, but like storytelling in the sense of like how podcasts are candid stories, basically, where you mm -hmm. get the the person's interpretation of that story, or you know the story as their life is unfolds, so to speak. And so it's, it's just really cool that you, like you're able to kind of take a concept that we all can resonate with, right, and then turn it into an artistic representation of that without ever saying a word, but then someone can understand it right <laughs> yeah well that's i would say that would be my job when creating a piece like that yeah and that was definitely <laughs> no no but that's no i would definitely agree with you like that's that's part of my job and when linda approached me about this idea she had not i had just spent three years in working with performance yet she hadn't but she had a vision for what she wanted mm -hmm. to at least you know um convey of you know right. these are like from real life experiences and we talked about first the concept and how do i relate to this even if it's not in the same experiences mm -hmm. but how do we all relate to this so we talked a lot about concept and the reason why i brought this up was because we had so many thoughts about what these different chains could be mm -hmm. <clears throat> her and i uh actually recorded ourselves talking and we ooh. were like oh this sounds like a really good podcast no so way. <laughs> We had a good laugh about it going, you know, maybe one day we're going to have to come to you live again. But um, I could definitely <clears throat> help you figure it out. I love it. I've been doing this for a while now. <laughs> yeah. But um, so anyway, but yeah, so that was part of the process. So my, but going back to visual storytelling, that's definitely part of my role is to that's create awesome. an image that can also, um, if, even if like, let's say you don't get exactly what the artist is trying to say, but there's something that you can still interpret or yeah. get from that. So. Yeah. Like one of the interesting things that I, I saw is, is, the idea, like, you can create art, right? But, like, a, a book is nothing without a reader, or a song is nothing without a listener, mm -hmm. right? So you can't really own it until you let it out into the, you know, let it out to pasture, so to speak, and yeah. let, let the people take it for whatever it is. Like, you can create it with your image in mind, but then you have to let whoever else experiences it and t have whatever value they get from it, right? Yeah. Because, like, I'm in the process of writing an article that I've probably said now for, like, the last two months but when Stan Lee passed away I was gonna write basically a remembering Stan Lee article and it's I'm writing it in my perspective of what it's like to have characters you know Stan Lee is probably one of the most interesting people as from a creator standpoint and when I think about it is because he created these superheroes that are now American mythology basically and <laughs> 
he got to see them from comic book pages that were not mm. really well respected and now turned into mega franchise films. Very engaging films. I love, right, love like, them. <laughs> you know, and then, but outside of that, it's like, you know, he he's not only the creator, but he got to see other people resonate with those things just as much as he did and then, you know, take them in new, completely different directions that you never expect. And from, like, a creator standpoint, I just feel like that would fill you with so much pride. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just be like, oh, my God, like, you shaped the world, right? And it's... This is coming from a guy who's got Spider-Man tattooed on his body, and, like, I've owned <laughs> hundreds of comic books of Spider-Man and things like that. So it just has a lot of meaning for me, and so it's it's hard to write this thing, but it also is, like, the creator circle kind of coming full circle. <laughs> <laughs> that made me think, though, too, about how some work gets so big and it just takes on a life of its own. Right, exactly. Which is super cool, and you have different parodies, you have different spin-offs, you have, mm -hmm. I mean, even with fan fiction, you know, I don't... Right, yeah. yeah. I'm not as familiar, but it's true, like, you know, things take on a life of their own, and so, I don't know, I find that really interesting. Yeah, I just kind of, like, no matter what you do, is like, as long as, once you, like, let it go live, like, clicking that button where anybody mm -hmm. can see it, it's you don't know how it's going to be used anymore, basically. Yeah. My, it's, it's an interesting concept. <laughs> it reminds me of what one of my tutors said, and uh, he argued that, you know, you don't have a real audience until you have at least two people mm -hmm. in uh, for, like, a show. Like, you don't really... Yeah, right. That's not... You know, one person really can't be an audience because nobody can discuss it. Oh. I'm paraphrasing. So, you I know, this like was that. a whole lecture. Yeah. But, you know, then there's not, no real discuss discussion or um, there was, like, a lack of... Right, I should have brought my notes. No, <laughs> but he did. He did mention that though, is that you need to have at least two people in an audience so that it's, there can be a discussion or a review about it, or uh, really you know, like so you that. get different um, perspectives of what right. somebody got from it. So I don't know. I always found that that's super useful for anybody. Yeah, it, it sounds like to me that you know, because a lot of artists work solitarily. You know, where mm. they or have this thing that nobody understands them, right? And then they just work. <laughs> you know, until they think it's ready, and then it's either doesn't work or it's, like, groundbreaking or something, right? Yes, and I, <laughs> listen, I learned a big lesson, I think, with when it comes to coming up, you can have the sickest ideas, you can have mm -hmm. the most amazing, you know, visual in your head, but if you are not putting that to actual, like, physical work and yeah. you don't create that world and also, you know, then it doesn't... It, necessarily exist it right. just exists for yourself and so it's like uh oh now i lost my train of thought but pretty much the point is though is that like it's a physical act like yeah. creativity too like when it comes down to making art you know it's for most of it it's like you have to do that physical act yeah. of creating it or else you don't get to share that yeah. or you don't even get to do it for yourself it's not in you know yeah you know so I, writing I totally down those ideas or you know or reaching and also i mean i've been in i've been doing you know performance work which takes more than one person now arguably takes more than one person <laughs> if you're doing a larger production there right. are performance artists that work completely solid solid you know in solitude yeah, there you go. <laughs> they work on their own and they do fantastic work and some mm -hmm. of those are the head scratchers where you're like uh what was he you know yeah like, I have rolling no around naked in paint as a stereotype <laughs> but um well, no the, but the easy one is how many drugs was he on or yeah. something like that <laughs> but for someone like me that wants to eventually get involved in more spectacle work and more you know 
bigger projects involved mm -hmm. with a lot of people. I really yeah. get a kick out of, that's why I really like musicals and I okay. like, you know, a lot of synchronicity and stuff. But I'm so detail oriented and I can actually be quite um, self-critical that I won't reveal it or ask for help until I feel it's ready. Mm. Well, I was doing that. No more of that because it doesn't get done because you'll never, sometimes, you know, that person feel like it's never really ready. Right. And if you're not ready to just expose it maybe to at least a couple people or put it down to paper. Yeah. Like, oh, I need to think of it all until I can write it. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no. Right. Just write it. Make it. Do the sloppy notes. Do the sloppy sketches. Don't think yeah. you have to be the perfect, you know, painter to start painting it. You know, like just get in yeah. it, and then it'll become a thing, and you can actually grow from it. So, a uh, big thing is, um, you know, like repetition, little by little. It's so yeah cliche and over like almost it feels like it's been oversaid but yeah. I used to be like a everything in like one long like sprint. And it has to be marathon. It has oh, yeah. to be, you know, consistent. That's how it grows. I think consistency, one, is huge. Yeah. But then also understanding, <clears throat> I like to view everything as a process. Mm -hmm. So there's always room to improve. And no matter how you feel about something, like I could, you know, if anyone's gone to the website, you've noticed that there's been a huge shift in the style of thumbnails and all that kind of stuff. And that's because my brother decided, or we finally had time to basically redesign everything. And from the beginning, I knew we were going to redesign it at some point. But at the time, I just said, I want this thing to be real. And then we basically made it, I made it real. And I forced it into being, so to speak. And I just said, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to figure it out as along the way. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I just need to start doing it. Because if, you, if I were just going to sit on it and be like, I need to have a logo and like wait for my brother to do it, it would never have gotten done you know, until way later. <laughs> and so I wouldn't probably be having this conversation now or it would happen <laughs> a lot later than it did, you know? Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that I've always kind of, it's, it's weird to say I've picked up along, but it's like I've listened to so many people who are like startup people or entrepreneurial types. And I hate to say that, I've you know, because it's such an easy phrase that people put on their Instagram po profiles or Twitter profiles now that it's like entrepreneur. Like it's like the thing you do now, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you're in your 20s, it feels like or whatever. <laughs> you're, going, you're just going for your own thing. Right, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to like, work for the man. Right, exactly. And so... <laughs> But you got to make that money, honey. Right. <laughs> At least I, you know. Right. Well, I mean, to ev to everything has its own limit, right? And, <laughs> and I, I think it's just part of it is just committing to it, period. And just saying, this is what I'm going to do. And that it does, and it doesn't mean just an art or anything. It's just in whatever you feel like you want to do, you just say, yeah, I'm going to do that tomorrow or now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like working out is the same way. It, has, it runs by the same principles. Yeah. <laughs> just committing to it and just saying, I'm going to do that. And as long as I, like check the box so to speak then you're good <laughs> yeah no I totally agree and I just I mean this all falls under what we're at the 14th of January so very fresh new year new me kind of like mantras everywhere which is kind of like <laughs> yeah. you know and then you have the rebuttal memes that are all like the cynical ones yeah the cynical <laughs> ones that are like okay but back to the 15th you know you're going back to eat you know mm -hmm. being how you are um but I don't know it's like there was like even just the smaller steps so for me I would stay I was always kind of like identified as a night owl mm -hmm. I would do my art in the you know in the night and like mm -hmm. stay up late watch videos po you know do my thing 
and I, you know, wanted to flip that. So, you know, picking up new habits. And then right. also a more recent, you know, habit I knew was staying up late on my phone. So <laughs> sleeping with my phone in the other room and actually using the alarm clock that sits on my nightstand. That's awesome that so you do that. I, yeah, and I keep my phone on silent, or not on silent, do not do disturb, not disturb yes. is a whole nother ball game now. <laughs> so I check my phone when I'm checking it. Um, yeah, I think that would be, because I was getting obsessed with just, you know, watching other... Well, other work right <laughs> and we're you know and just thinking you know this is time for me to either read something i mm -hmm. mean start reading those books where you know i you, love books i i do too as i have like i do too but i hadn't picked one up in a while right you know i mean you told me yesterday that you finally picked one up and stuff like that well mm -hmm. i just i finally finished one That's and i was. had just yeah. gotten here you know like and that was just a little bit every night and it was a book i read a few years ago and uh it wasn't as good, I think, the second time around, maybe. <laughs> but it's another, you know, but now I'm on to book number two. And right. I'm getting my magazines from the library. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. It's just, but those things, it starts with me just putting my phone in the other room. I say goodnight to the people I say goodnight to. Mm -hmm. And then I put that phone out by my computer. Yeah. And I try, I'm trying not to do the whole, like, you know, oh, one more YouTube video. Or, oh, scrolling. one more. Yeah. It's just... I, I don't mean, know. For me, though, that creates more productivity, and more productivity yeah. gives me time to create my work. And I feel being out here as well is like it's going to be very important for me to continue to stay on my path of what I do. So yeah. once I land this next job, and then I have more of my schedule down, I'm going to be able to execute all these mm -hmm. all these buzzing ideas of how I can utilize living out here. And yeah. I have a car, so I can go to the city and film stuff. And staying connected to the city is going to be a big, um, you know, big important thing for me as well and yeah. getting to know my city that I just claimed that I was from yeah right yeah how much time did I really spend in Chicago while living out here before right and I you know I mean I did go out there quite a bit I felt but very guilty as you were explaining that right there and I've lived here all my life well that's true though and I I find it actually you know to me now that I've lived in London and I really resonated that as my that was my home for the you know for a while now yeah and uh, I got to know that city but I want, you know, coming back, getting to know Chicago even better, you know? Mm -hmm. I want to go check out... <laughs> All you know, that it has. <laughs> check out the shows. Check out the scenes. Yeah. I'm looking for a lip sync competition, so if anybody knows... <laughs> Someone might find it for you. <laughs> I did win the last one I was in, so... <laughs> Lip sync competitions. <laughs> I do love it. Okay, you have you can't just keep mentioning it. You have to explain I, it now. I'm obsessed because I'm. I think I'm just itching to do one. I think the reason why I keep bringing it up is there was just a post of the one of the ones I did last year. So lip lip syncing competition. Uh, it's you know it's within a lot of the. Um, Oh, drag drag community. So I'd be lip syncing with a lot of drag queens, but there was drag kings, all sorts of different performers. So not limited to, uh, but all sorts of performances. And I just fell in love with it because I'm not a singer, but yeah. I do like to dress up and uh, all the pomp and. <laughs> well, yeah. And my last one was. Um, I sound like a, oh, remember when <laughs> my heyday a few months ago in October. <laughs> Um, Forever ago. My right? heyday. Uh, I did win, you know, 200 pounds, and I did a Ooh. hocus pocus. I was, uh, you know, like a Winifred Sanders, you know, little sexy Winifred Sanders moment. And, uh, but with the wig and everything, I had the lace front wig, made my costume, and I wow. won the competition. So that was a good one. That was the day after my birthday this year. Oh, that sounds like a perfect event. <laughs> it was fantastic, because I had been rehearsing that one in my room.
it's just something that I think going back into acting on your ideas and just making something a reality, whether mm -hmm. that's something I claim to be as my hobby, honestly, because I just really had a passion for dancing around in my room with the headphones on, as embarrassing as that might sound. <laughs> but it was something that I always did and I just envisioned myself being in a certain way to certain songs and I, that's how I know all the words and everything like that, or in the car. <laughs> and awesome. finally, the this competition, not this one in October, but the one last year came around and I just said, you know, and I just sent them the email and mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to do What You're Waiting For by Gwen Stefani. Bam. I know that song by heart. And <laughs> next awesome. you know, and a month later I was on stage and I made it to the second round, no made it to the semifinals, did Missy Elliott, um, uh, We Run This by Missy Elliott, oh, rocked so that show, but I lost to, some, lost to uh, one of the queens that did Frozen. Um, oh, okay. Let it let it go. Yeah. So you know that was a showstopper with a bunch of confetti, but I still rocked that last one with Missy Elliott. I was proud That's of. That's so. still really cool. Like, yeah. Like so, this kind of is like a backup question, but like, did you always know you'd be like into the arts, broadly speaking, like creating in general, like from the I guess I'm losing the word because my my word for art has. Ex expanded a lot <laughs> in the last few months yeah. <laughs> or in the last like year or so because I never thought of myself as a creative type <laughs> and then now I look at my website I'm like hmm something doesn't connect well with that definition <laughs> well I pretty much I grew up in theater mm -hmm. when I was when I was I was born into my grandma running a children's theater Oh wow! Um, cool. She she was known as the pioneer of children's theater for the Chicago suburbs, and she had her own um, her own company called Poppy Players. This mm. ran from I think it was in the '70s until the '90s or early 2000. Uh, unfortunately, she's passed away now. But mm -hmm. she had her she was the director. She had all the we had all the costumes in our basement. We had the sets in our garage, and I got to That's go so cool. get McDonald's breakfast with my mom and sister and go to rehearsals and go to the shows um so i was always around this setting of, yeah you know of fast-paced environment of theater and it but it was actually <laughs> i didn't you know i didn't realize how much of an impact because i was just always our day-to-day -day, and that was just mm -hmm. you know normal to sing in the kitchen and be dramatic and you know have cool stuff around and props life was drama to you right it really was <laughs> i mean you know a little bit of drama queen yeah uh so that, but that came naturally, and then when I was in high school, I actually took fashion as an easy A class because I was going through the whole too cool for school phase. As I feel like most people. Do. Yeah, you know, like social life was more important than anything. Yeah. So, hey everybody. <laughs> um, so, but you know what? I actually ended up getting into you know sportswear one first first place in you know hmm. the competition in high school and I was like you know what I actually really love this I made my prom dress I was like Whoa. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna do this and I was you know I wasn't getting the you know bestest grades ever at the time the bestest of the bestest but <laughs> I knew I was going to Harper so I did the fashion program there mm -hmm. and that's where I met you know even more people that inspired me and saw it's not about necessarily where you're at but it's what you do with it right and it's making the best of it because you could also go to that school in London and you know really not get anything done because it's really up to you on what you do you know nobody's gonna right. run you through the program and force you every day to get stuff done yeah it's got to be on your own you know and how big you make it it's about utilizing the facilities and utilizing mm -hmm. you know what you can and there was some amazing work coming out of Harper's fashion program mm -hmm. I mean Huge shout out to the you know to that class because 
we, you know, they made it to the, the um, actually we had a few winners that made it into the hand and lock embroidery competition in Whoa. London. So they won first place in London coming from Harper College and representing that's so that crazy. school. <laughs> and also some people made it into the finals of the Arts of Fashion competition in California. Whoa. They're, um, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal work. And a lot of this would be thanks to that one tutor and mentor from that school. She's just an absolute inspiration for a huge group of us. So that that's pushes awesome. you, you know, pushes <laughs> right. you to just go for it. And I think, I think that's also like an underspoken driver of a lot of things. It's like having mentors, people that are able to see... I don't even know if the promise is the right word, but just be able to, like, see people and be like, that person, they can do more, but they just don't know it yet. Yeah. Kind of thing, right? <laughs> or just test you out so you start to realize your strengths as well. Right. And so, I mean, going back into, like, yeah, knowing I wanted to do something creative, definitely, and uh, knowing that I wanted to do a job that I wanted, you know, I want to be happy going to work every yeah. day. But I also know I want to be some sort of boss, you know. I want to be running, <laughs> I want to run stuff. So directing, directing stuff, like, you know, I mean, like doing the film project and reaching out to people, getting people involved and, like, creating, you know, creating a network of people to create one show. Yeah. So cool. I right. love that. I love the chaos of it all. Um, I love getting it all sorted. I like People when everybody's talking about their ideas. That part of it. Oh, I, the <laughs> under pressure part, I think because I was like, you know, grew up with like, you know, ADD last minute kind of moments mm -hmm. with different stuff. It's just like, I'm like, all right, I know how to keep well under pressure. But now that I'm, you know, you know, learned how to manage that at this point. Yeah, right. Yeah. At least a little bit more. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, you know, it's and like, you know, like we keep touching base on it's little by little and yeah. you know so it's managing different um you know weaknesses and strengths i mean it's like all at the end of the day like what you've been basically covering is like everything's about balance you know you oh, can yeah. like you can run a hundred you know at a hundred miles per hour all the time or whatever but then you're just gonna burn out right you know it's like having a corvette but flooring it and you blow out the engine mm -hmm. <laughs> to use a terrible metaphor since we're talking about fashion because <laughs> oh no yeah no i'm open up no, i know it's I'm, all good I'm being so. silly because it's like i could have thought of a way better <laughs> to tie it all together if i was clever <laughs> enough you can't make a beautiful embroidered wedding gown without <laughs> stitching in one single bead at a time i know yeah. everyone's gonna be like why the hell is this guy who's an engineer by schooling talking about fashion <laughs> <laughs> but that's the whole point of this people it's about getting out of your own comfort zone okay god damn it i think what's, <laughs> like what i keep saying it's like it's so sick because we both are coming from a you know same place took me just five minutes to get here right yeah I know. you know from where i'm at right now and i mean see if jordan's coming in today yeah, at some point hopefully but either way, it's He's, like it's been really cool to see you know see everybody and see what everybody's up to. You it's got to be weirder for you too to come like to like leave and then come back and then see like you know the progress of time, so to speak, where you like everyone's moved on a little bit more with the different things that they're working on, because that's kind of like what I get to see is like the the progress that people make in their own lives, and that's kind of like what these things, these podcasts themselves are turning into is like little audio recorder like blips in the radar for each one of you, mm -hmm. where it's like you can go back and like listen to this, you know, years from now and be like, whoa. Oh my god. Right, you didn't even think about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's the fun part. Dear future self, how's it going? Are you the boss? You best be. <laughs> what show are you working on right now? <laughs> exactly. So I don't What know. country are you in at the moment? Like, the, the <laughs> 
Like, that's part of the fun thing, too, about it, because it's, like, a whole... Like, the way I've been envisioning it, at least this is, like, a little side project that I don't know if it ever go, like, actual live, but, like, recording my family members. It'd be, like, an audio documentary of like family. Like, secretly? I don't know secretly, <laughs> but, like... Yeah, that'd be weird. Because we're, pocket... we're talking kind of loud. I think we need to... No, 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 like, recording my, my, my family, like, having them interview them, like... Like this, like uh -huh. an actual podcast with my mom or my dad, yeah. and have them tell their story, and then give it to my kids, like my future kids or whatever, oh, yeah. and have like, hey, did you ever want to like, do you want to get to know your grandpa or something like that? And be like, they can <laughs> listen to my dad and get his story kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's like having those family photos in like, a, you know, an album, but in audio form that's like unheard of. You know what? Okay. <laughs> this just clicked real quick. I did mention that my Nana recently passed away and I went yes. to Texas. And one of the things I didn't... Okay, so <clears throat> when it comes to something like that, I'm pretty much down to the book. Like, we need to get this job done. We yeah. had to pack up the car and we had a long road trip. So I kind of like... Anyway, the <laughs> only thing... All I'm getting to is the only thing that made me actually tear up. Right. <laughs> almost cried. Tear up. I found, so we had a box. I have my shit together, please. I really, yes. I kept it together, but I was in the garage about to pack the car. And pretty much this is why I'm bringing this up, is it reminded me of you talking about recording and then showing it later. Yeah. There was a whole box of pictures and albums um, that my dad had collected around the house that he can keep. And one of them was an electronic photo, like photo, um frame, mm -hmm. photo frame, from a time that me and my sister went to um, Disney World. I was, uh, I would say third grade, and um, my sister had to be, well, she was a couple years younger, <laughs> is, and um, so, but we, there was a recording button, so pretty much you have the pictures in the frame, but then you have a voice recording, and it still worked, Whoa. and so I press play, and I'm in the garage about to pack this car, and all of a sudden, it's the littlest, littlest voice of my sister going, Hi, Nana. You know, like, <laughs> thank you for the trip to, you know, yeah. thank you for the trip to Disney World. We had such a blast. And, like, oh, my heart. Like, right I think it's feels. just catching that, like, without the video, without it, you know, with all yeah. that, but just, like, that little, that voice recording. It was just, like, oh. Like, yeah, just, right. like, capturing that little moment in time broke my heart. I was, like, <laughs> we're good. You're you like, know. Okay, I get it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's such a, like, a different thing. And I, like... Part of me is like, it would be cool to have my parents say their story because it's like, I don't really know a lot of, you know what I mean? You, your parents really share so much, right? But like, I just think it'd be an interesting thing to be able to like pass along as like a, a family heirloom, right? Because how many like, because like our grandparents, they didn't have technology like this, right? No. Right? So <laughs> like, not. so they'd be able to like kind of keep the, I don't know, the, the, the story alive in a different way, you know, because I, I, there's like a metaphor for like immortality, right? And it was like, there's a book I read. I can't remember which one it was. I'll have to remember. But basically the, the, the ending of the story was basically that the, the way to immortality is by telling your story. You know, immortalizing yourself in the stories you're told and the people that remember you. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's like basically what this could be like. Yeah. Because <laughs> as long as you have the recording somewhere safe that doesn't get lost or whatever. Yeah, I think that's like that's the interesting thing with like um, some so like some plays too. Not to just wrap this all back into the theater. No, that's perfect. But I just no. But I had a thought about something you know with with uh, at school too. Is like some of the plays though is if they don't if they're not shown, 
they're not like they're only repeated in that one moment and no show is the same whereas like yeah, right. film is different because it happens that one time it's edited and then it's shared and then that's yeah. the piece but then with the you know with the theater these are stories that are being passed down yeah and then sometimes played or interpreted in different ways so mm -hmm. i just find that interesting but then they stay relevant to the time mm. that's a bit of like just like a sidetrack thought tangent that i was just thinking of for a moment yeah right yeah so it's kind of like but it's that <laughs> storytelling whereas like film like home video like let's say to bring right. it even back to like you know sentimental heirloom moments yeah. <laughs> um you know like those it's so cute when you hear the noises of like how your house used to sound or when, you know the little voices of when you're that small and right. i just and you just think about like like i was saying Saying, you know, I grew up in like a very theatrical home and there was just certain you would hear somebody just start belting out a song <laughs> from one of my grandma's plays in the kitchen and it was just a normal thing. Yeah. You know? So it's like when we hear that when we watch some of those home videos, you just kinda get transported there right, right away in that point in time. I mean I can I still so do cool. that. Like if I listen to certain songs from like my childhood, it's like all of a sudden I like, oh, I know what I was doing then, you know, it's like such a weird feeling. Oh my god. Stop. I'm like so excited. I'm like jumping all over every comment you make. That's okay. It's the whole point. <laughs> okay. I didn't know I was going to sound this enthusiastic the whole time. Um, but I found my iPod from when I was at Mead. So oh my God. So How does it still exist and work? I, I charged it. <laughs> It was, it's the U2 special edition iPod. It's from when I was at, well, it's like all the stuff that we downloaded off LimeWire. Right, yeah. And For those like, of you young people who no idea what that means. LimeWire was a, <laughs> it was a downloadable program that would just screw your parents' computer up completely. Yeah, And a lot of viruses. us got in trouble after. Mm -hmm. I did. I ruined our house computer. Multiple times? Uh, once... <laughs> Yeah, that was bad. See, I was too much of a goody-goody. I never did that. Uh, I, well, I, nobody told... I have certain people I could call out on this show <laughs> that told me it was fine. <laughs> anyway. You were I got, gullible enough to believe them. Yeah, but anyways, but I did find that iPod. And so um, what was so cool, though, was I was... Oh, my gosh. But some of that music was so stupid. <laughs> I, and I was listening so to much this. angstiness back what, then. What was that? Like, what were we listening to? There was some like simple plan. I couldn't remember. Seriously, sad acoustic ballads. Yeah, right. Mixed with Green Day, and then <laughs> right there you go. I was even thinking what I was going to say. And then I get in. I get All real American original rejects, here. Maybe. All American rejects. But then I did have like some Celine Dion. Ooh. <laughs> and um. Kicking it back. Oh my gosh! What else? I feel Lizzie so McGuire. I haven't felt old before, but I'm feeling pretty old right now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> There's probably some Creed, maybe, but I had Creed, probably. You know what's crazy, though, is this is the <laughs> iPod that I had at the time that, like, you guys would come over to my house. Because, guys, like, back in the day, mind you, I lived just five minutes from here. And so oh, yeah, we were out everybody that's, like, on this show, like, Jordan and Joe and Eric... <laughs> And Eric. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but they'd show, you know, come over to my house, ring the doorbell, and be like, is Courtney home? Can she come out and hang out? And we would just go outside and walk around outside, go, go, to, to, go to the McDonald's. Loiter everywhere. We go just walk around, hang out, get a dollar <laughs> cheeseburger back in the day. And, and we had to uh, beg our parents to give us enough money to go do. It was crazy, though. I was listening, I just checked out that iPod probably about, it was like about, 
what, a week ago when yeah. I charged it up and I was shook. I was like, put the headphones on and I was like on shuffle, just partially yeah. just annoyed with myself. And the other half was very intrigued and you're like, being transported back. Yeah, you're like, half of me, half of me is disgusted, but the other half of me is proud of myself for having good taste. Well, I mean, <laughs> but mind you, uh, half that iPod is actually, all those songs are still on my current Yeah, right, playlists. that's what I mean. Like, that's why I said half of you is disgusted. The other half of you is like, damn right, that's a badass song. Right, I was into this. I, well, I still, I listen to Queen, Elvis. I mean, those have been lifelong, Whoa. you know, lifelong jams for me. Yeah. Thanks, Dad, for the great taste of music. <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> That's a shout out in this episode. Probably uh, the most shout outs ever. I think it's the microphone and I watch a lot of, you know, I'm a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. here's my chance. Hey, everybody, how's it going? <laughs> Turn it you live. I know, that's <laughs> just to say it. I told you, like, you, know. you like breaking the fourth wall. Yes. <laughs> I just want I just want this podcast to be a communication to you, the fans, and feel included. It's not just the two of us in this room. No, you know? it's not. It's, it's you, me, and a microphone. <laughs> that is broadcasting live to the rest of our community. <laughs> It's so funny. I want to do more radio. I can tell. <laughs> Eventually, so one of the plans I do want to do is maybe, whoa, I can't believe I caught that. That was a beer getting knocked over. <laughs> we're not drinking. It's no, old. No, we're not. <laughs> we're being healthy, you know? New year, new me, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm going to go open another beer. Anyways. Um, what we are the did work I... out today. You worked out today. Yes, I did. I worked out today. I... Not together. We didn't work out no, together. but we did. I went after work. I normally go after work because I hate waking up early. I'm gonna be honest. It's okay to work. It's okay to sleep in, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> I, I I just don't know why, but I like I like today. I was like I'm gonna go to sleep early. Yesterday, and I did. Heard my alarms, and was awake enough to say nope. Immediately fell back asleep, and I was like, you just gotta go with the flow, man. I just don't. I gotta just commit to just waking up instead of being like no, no. more snooze that's yes. the next thing for consistency yes. and um <laughs> what was it yeah just being part of a regimen no yeah. more snooze i can't do it i'll hit it and now that i don't have my phone it doesn't go off eight times in a row <laughs> yeah. i have one shot and if i miss it yeah i think i need to do that and you just say okay when that thing goes off you just gotta do it mm -hmm. just get your ass out of bed yeah I don't know what, so, like, it's weird, like, since we're going back down memory lane, I, was, I looked through my old notebooks when I was super motivated about school, when I was, like, working on some of my programming stuff for my senior design project, and I was like, God, who the hell was this guy who was just, like, I was, like, in it. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> the amount of drive I had just to, like, basically do, do every note-taking thing and just, like, be super, like, focused and narrowed in, I was like, God damn. <laughs> Because now I'm so, <laughs> I've been doing it for so long, it's just totally, like, that sense of focus and purpose and, like, b being into it is not, it's not that it's gone, it's just in different directions now, right? Fair enough. <laughs> There's I, other things that I care about more, if that makes sense. <laughs> I just, I felt like I had to, like, I always had it in me to take the notes, but like I said, I stopped, you know, I went through that phase of... Oh, no. Like, there were days I'd highlight the notes, do the whole, you know, beautiful... No, yeah. <laughs> ...aesthetically pleasing, here's all the notes. Yeah. I got it all. I retained that information. But then there was times where I wasn't really, you know, when I wasn't trying in school. And so when I went to, you know, when I went to Harper, it was refreshing because I was really interested in what I was yeah. learning. And, like, but you had to, like, relearn how to 
learn for a second. Like, I, I had to. I had to relearn how to like actually just like take the time to care for a I second. I love that so High much. High school, I, I kind of did it for a moment. I just so I did it first, and then you know. Yeah, well, I mean, th this is a th that's a sore subject for me because I think. What you really learn, especially in high school, is like just scratching the surface if you were to picture like a scratch off ticket. <laughs> oh like, my gosh, yeah, that's know, ages ago. <laughs> you know, like you don't really learn a whole lot. No. And it's more like just getting you prepared enough to go to college. Right. In whatever form that decides to take you. Because I personally didn't think, and you could definitely elaborate on this more, but for me, like I went through the motions in high school and got okay grades and like whatever and did my homework but I didn't need to try so to speak and I really didn't care and then there's a whole thing about yada 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 I'm bad at taking tests which is I don't know up to discussion because <laughs> um, granted I mean for full disclosure I got a 19 on my ACT which take it for whatever you want but borderline I don't want to say the wrong word that's terrible uh, yeah <laughs> how are you still standing today right so regardless of whatever <laughs> that means kidding. no i know and it's just like i don't know i i kind of like had that and i was like well whatever I, like i wasn't expecting to go to like a college that had a pedigree anyways because i had to pay my own way and then i get to like harper college and all of a sudden it's like i get there and it's just like a switch just goes like gets flipped and i'm just like in the zone and i'm getting 4.0s easier than shit <laughs> and I'm working full time, and I'm like, hmm, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it just was. Because you're applying yourself into something, need... you know, more than that, too, and you're going in right. your own direction. You got new people around <laughs> you. I think it's like, it all has to do with, like, you know, really just, it's what you make of it. Yeah. And you got to just go, for, you know, and then you kind of get to know Momentum. your strengths and how you, get to, <laughs> how you get to learn and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, and, well, I think that's part of it, too, is because, like, the, the degree I chose, like I was explaining yesterday, is like a hands on environment for me. So it's, so it's like, the first day of the class is lecture. The second day of the class is applied lab mm -hmm. environment. So you basically take everything you just learned earlier that day, like week. So it's like Tuesdays you would learn the lecture part of it. And then on Thursday you'd be taking exactly what you learned and like see how it works. Like the math of it in real life with technology you're going to use at your job. Hopefully. Yeah. So it was like for me it just made sense. And then like all of the professors at Harper, which I talk way too much about all the time on here is they all came from industry. So they, the, the, especially the program, uh, the head of the program, he would basically leave the classroom. He would say, here's what you're doing in the lab today. Grab your like packet. You need to fill it all out. If you're done, you can leave. Um, I'll come back every so often, answer questions. But basically, he left it to the people who understood it to help everybody else. Mm -hmm. And you basically became an in-class tutor for anyone if you were fast enough to be able to do that. And so that became my unofficial role. I love it. And I was so interested in it, though, that I would wait till after class and be like, so what else do I need to learn? Like, what books do I need to buy to, like, you know, figure this out more? Because that's just what I wanted to do. It's just like, I was super into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, see, I got lucky, too, because I just got back from art school. So the most, I mean... It was a lot of practical, like, a application. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of creating work, experimenting with materials and mm -hmm. technology or, you know, just facilities, woodworking. That's what I was super into. Ooh, that's cool. I'm still super into that. <laughs> I think it's really cool to build stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so just creating different work. And then, yeah, we did have our essays. And I still, mm -hmm. like, it kind of brought me back to that place of, like, <laughs> struggle, you know. But right. it was it was cool because we're writing about things that we decided to write about. And it, and it mm. coincided. 
coincided with the practical work that we were doing at the time. So it all like enveloped into one right. practice, but it's a totally different, you know, space than having a weekly test or something like right. that. No, it was working and building up for a final performance or, you know, final piece of work. Ooh. That's yeah. such a. I really like so that. Was, it was a. It was a really cool process. So, one of my favorite things to do is rethink on how to like teach people better. <laughs> I think about it all the time, like learning how to learn that whole thing in general, just as a, a broad umbrella. Because I don't think people people learn how to memorize in in most other formats, like you know, memorizing terms, you know, memorizing. Mm -hmm you know, anatomy or structures of the brain or whatever, you name it, right? Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that makes me think of first year. We did have to exactly. learn the basics, like, um, historical and contemporary practices yes. of theater. That was our basis. Right, so. and I think there's a time and place for those things, mm -hmm. and you kind of need it to some degree. But when you get beyond that, because, like, I see it all the time where people can learn from a book yeah. about, like, these engineering practices or whatever, and they know the theoretical concepts, like, how do you, like, find out the value of this part of the, th the circuit that you're trying to make work or something mm -hmm. like that, right? They could do that. But then if you actually showed them that real thing and be like, make it work, yeah. they'd be like, uh... <laughs> they don't have any, like, way to bridge that to, to the real thing, you know, like, the theoretical concept of it and the real thing in front of them. Mm -hmm. There's no overlap. <laughs> and so I'm always trying to think of ways, and it, the fact that you just said it's, like, always culminating to a project standpoint, I think that is better because the idea is that if the the idea the at least to me I'm, I'm totally riffing off this right now just because I'm working through it it's <laughs> like it's like the you're always working through something especially if it's a project format it opens you up to avenues you wouldn't be expecting to happen anyways where if you're dealing with from a normal structured test of like we're going to deal with chapter three today yeah you have a basic format of what to expect and when something isn't there that you do, like that you didn't expect to see you're immediately like, oh, no, I don't know how to do this, right? Yeah, totally. Where if you're, you're in the project mindset, you're like, well, this is a problem. I need to figure it out. So right. then you just do it, right? <laughs> well, big thing, big thing of, of what I do when it's like building or creating anything or working with other people, it's problem solving. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One. Boom. Bathroom break achieved. Oh, busted. <laughs> no, I was, I'm going to cut this out, so don't worry. I don't think you are. Anyway. I don't have to. I don't have to, but we can. I'm subject to whatever I say being broadcasted live. Uh, on air? Everybody. Mm -hmm. Coming to you live, on air, <laughs> pre-recorded. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Exactly. All right, so we were talking about the like project viewpoint of things rather than just like the strict text part because you're more open to solving problems that arise on the fly rather than being like, I don't know how to do this when you're, it's like a side, a curveball, I guess you'd mm. call it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think when, like, it came to even just making stuff, I came from, like, okay, for example, I had to, here, I had to unlearn a lot when I went to Ooh. art school. Isn't that a thing? I mean, I, it had, is a thing. I had to unlearn a lot of habits or, um, yeah, just, I had to unlearn a lot when I went to uh, that school. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was very technical. I came from fashion design, which is very detail-oriented, mm -hmm. which is very technically, you know, accomplished through the pattern making, the garment making. Um, and, yeah, with that mindset of just, have, you know, very, like, watching every little piece of it. Whereas I went to performance for theater mm -hmm. or like, so I was doing performance for theater, I mean, for films, a lot of that's detail-oriented. We were 
gushing over way to workshop, which is very, very yeah, right. detail oriented. Um, but when it comes to theater, I was start I was doing costumes for live performance and I was, you know, obsessing over all the little stitches and details that you're not gonna see from the, right. even the first row. And I had I had to learn that the hard way where I was mm. falling behind on time because I was so, you know, doing all these style lines because I know garment making and I had to unlearn, you know, that process of focusing so much on the final outcome and getting more on the process of experimenting and exploring and getting rough with my work before I create that final idea. So, um, you know, that was a lot of the practice that we did at that school was, you know, slapping some stuff together, making it rough. And I have a hard time with that because I'm very, you know, I can get very um, Nitty, tedious. Nitty gritty. Oh, yeah. With that's details. <laughs> when I was working on my interview stuff, you know, you've got to talk about your strengths or your weaknesses and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was working on that, too. And definitely one of my weaknesses would be, though, is that I can be so... Um, I mean, I'm very, yeah, like, detail-oriented or that, you know, I have to learn. But also, like, what I had to do was learn how to work with that, you yeah. know? Like, know ahead of time that I want to be able to, you know, polish everything off. But um, instead of obsessing over all those little bits, I have to first give my time to experiment and, like, make yeah. it rough, make it sloppy. Don't Play get with afraid. things a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, get it, get messy first, and then, you know, get into it. I mean, obviously, when you're designing some structurally sound set design, you definitely want to well, be detail-oriented yeah, in your measurements and, you know, building that, but, um... Yeah. But when it comes to certain things, though, it's like you wouldn't need to, you know, create it for the visual effect, and yeah. uh, you know, and not every little stroke of the paint, per se. <laughs> so uh, there was processes like that I had to unlearn, and I had a good influence from a lot of students that were that lived, you know, that were from England. You know, mm -hmm. I got to know, you know, I mean, there was fine art backgrounds, there was all sorts of students, you know, from all sorts of backgrounds, and you know, get to learn how they get down to it and just, right, yeah. you know, put Different. some fabric together and all of a sudden, you know, it looks absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You know? So, um, there's no, yeah. That's, that's super interesting, like, the, just, like, the beginning part of it was kind of, like, understanding the perspective at which the object's going to be viewed from. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Because, like, and it's, it's part of, like, the curse of being an artist, because, like, whenever you're working, it's like, you know, when you have it there and you're working on it, you're... This, I'm just totally stealing from a podcast I listened to today, but he basically said like when you you're, when you're the guy who's creating that thing, your nose is like an inch from the page, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. you can't. It's really hard to take a step back and see it for what it really is, or like what you really should be focusing on part of it. Cause, yeah. Because you're so close to it, you can't, you know, step back really. <laughs> yeah. It's just impossible. You, the only way you can see it is like after you're done with it and letting other people, you know, kind of. Bring it full circle. Let other people say what they thought of it. Totally. And I think, like, I don't know, I can only speak for myself with right. this, but I have a very, like, let's say, um, detailed uh, vision in my head of what I imagine when I mm -hmm. hear this song or when I picture this project or when I want this to look a certain way mm -hmm. or, you know, with how I want something to go. And I get very, or you know, very fixated on what I'm envisioning. But what I also had to, you know, what I had to work with was, yes, that's amazing to be, you know, to have all those thoughts about it. But, you know, first process, like, the physical components of it, put it together so then I can come back and create it, you mm -hmm. know, you know, go back and find it up and yeah. touch those details together. So instead of, like, you know, obsessing on how I'm going to achieve that exact way I see it in my head, just start putting it together so you can mm. build off of that and then, you know, work yeah. towards that as your goal, but also be spontaneous with when things are going in another direction or when it starts to, you know, 
go in another way. Sometimes you have to really plan these things to a T. So, right, yeah. you know, you got a budget, etc. But, you know, there was other pieces that, like, you know, you just kind of have to work with it and let it, you know, even when you're talking about the concept or something and you want it to, like, you need to be able to grow with it. You can't force it into its place. Yeah, you can't mold it too much. <laughs> right, you can't force it into its final outcome. It's going to kind of go. That's super but, interesting. Like, to me, yeah. it, it's, like, almost like the imagery that I think of is, like, any idea you have has to be made out of clay. And you can't throw it in the oven too fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? And also, like, when you're collaborating with other people, That's there's, it, right? there's different, you know, like, a lot of collaboration. I got to work, you know, I got to collaborate a lot, which was great because, you, you know, I was collaborating with people from all around the world. And there's different personalities that come into play. There's different um, backgrounds that come into play, even creative backgrounds. Some people were from, I mean, for me, I came from fashion. Some other, mm -hmm. some other person was coming from... Well, I think some other people came from fashion, et cetera. But, like, you know, even someone was a graphic designer beforehand. Yeah. And so... Um there was all that put together, though, and some people, and also personalities, though. Some people are more, you know, have bigger egos than others, mm -hmm. or some people are more, uh, they speak out, whether it is, like, that they're more confident, or maybe, or English wasn't their first language. Mm. So it wasn't always that those people that were quiet didn't have ideas. It was just, you know, you got to learn how they to communicate with those in, people, too. They were in English or something like that. <laughs> Either it was their English, or it was just the fact that they're naturally shy, you know? Yeah, And right. <laughs> so they probably were buzzing and exploding with detailed ideas as well but maybe they weren't speaking up because now you got two people maybe me myself and somebody else that are loud and taking over the class you know and sometimes you just learn I don't know I had to like just learn how to also just shut up and listen to somebody else for a yeah. moment and to you know be able to truly collaborate with other people because my work before uh, with like with fashion design I was working you know on my own and mm -hmm. I'd get my materials I'd come up with my idea I'd be consulting with my tutor but I would create my own work Right. And then I got thrown into a world where um, collaboration was the key element of what I do. That's super interesting. That so. that shift in perspective, you know, where it goes from completely solitary to now you're going to be collaborating all of the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like, I mean, that, but that shows a lot of growth because I think certain people, they're, they're so used to just working on their own. And this is coming from my own perspective, too, because I'm the same way, where I'm much more sure of what I'm able to do mm -hmm. <laughs> than letting, uh, than stepping back and being like, okay, you have enough, like, you can do it, too. You know, I'm so mm -hmm. much, I'm so predisposed to being like, I can do this, like, get out of my way, I'm going to make sure it's done. <laughs> or yeah. done in the way I like to do it, because I'm always about optimization or whatever, process improvement. <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's been a hard shift for me to be kind of like, being a a teacher in respect of being able to be like, here's everything you need to know, but I'm not going to hold your hand through it. I'm going to let you figure out the problems, and when there's something that needs my attention, then you can come to me and talk about it or ask me the question. Yeah. Because if you hold their hand through it, they're always they're going to you're going to pre-train them to basically be whenever there's any little problem, they're going to come to you anyways. Well, you know what? <laughs> that too, and also I think a lot of the time we don't learn as much by being told yes, the knowledge exactly. as opposed to just figuring it, like experiencing it. Because you can yes. tell somebody not to go down that path that you went down and you want to save them. But right. in the end, you know, and that goes for a project, but then yeah. it can also go into personal life. And yeah. I feel like you can't, 
they have sometimes they just gotta go through themselves learning. it goes i mean this actually ironically got brought up during my interview they asked me you know i won't i won't go into detail about this one but they did but they did ask me a question about um where i had to actually let somebody that i i was disagreeing on a project and i pretty much yeah i'll go into detail like pretty much this was um i disagreed on a project and they disagreed and we I just let them try it out anyway. I knew this idea wouldn't mm, work. Okay. But I let them go for it, and I still continued to work on my idea. And in the end, that part didn't work out, and we went with my idea, and, you know, that's the No one was fine. hurt by it or anything? No, but... and it was fine, because, you know what, they got to try it out for themselves. And I think this goes in so many facets of life, too. Right. It's like, you can, like, have your experiences, and you go through it, too, and it's just, I mean, not to get all on the higher self about it, but it's true, you know? You can't I always mean, you force to... people to learn it right, right away just by giving them advice they gotta i mean i think i think to me like so the the gym has learned i've learned so much from it and you know we're in that mode of the new year new me thing but like the the gym is like a microcosm of, of embracing failure right because like the whole point is you're putting your body into things that it's not comfortable doing mm. and you're mm-hmm. basically in trying to fail at some point like you know you try a little bit too heavy of a weight or something and you know you failed but congratulations, that's exactly what you need because if you by failing, you're growing, which is kind of counterintuitive to some people, right? But like, yeah. it's like the 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 thing I like to say is like if you were the the opposite end of that spectrum would be lifting the same weight that you're comfortable with all all, all of the time every day and still expecting to see growth, mm-hmm. right? Like that's it's like saying you're gonna just stay in this little bubble and no matter what you do, you're just going to stay there and you're never gonna expand out of it, but still expect to see some sort of positive change. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't work that way in anything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I totally agree. It, it's so weird. <laughs> well, I mean, it is, I mean, I was just thinking on the contrary, that is definitely the um, consistency at one point. Well, yeah. But, but the, at the same time, though, it's like then you have to benchmark and, like, try the next yes, level of it. Because the, the plateau is the, is the thing, right? Cause exactly. Because you, you can try hard enough and then you'll plateau for a while and then you get to shake it up a little bit to... to stir new growth or something or or do something else if we're staying on the the working out metaphor <laughs> you know it is it i don't know it it's part of the thing that why i embrace the idea of just pushing yourself physically because it it's everything is connected when it comes to that because it's like that mind body symbiosis thing <laughs> you gotta teach me a thing or two on that mind body symbiosis yeah. thing <laughs> well it's just like the idea no, I, I, you know what i'm I mean. getting the general twist I think. but it's like you know if you if you think about it from an intellectual standpoint, your your brain only works as good as your body does, and if one is the, one of those aspects is weak, then the other suffers in tandem. Absolutely. So like, yeah. so like if your nutrition's off, you're you're not going to function as properly. If you're not struggle, you're like you're not pushing your body, and you're like sitting too much, you're going to struggle in that aspect. And then you know when certain areas, it's all about again balance. Right. <laughs> that's why I said the mind body mind body symbiosis. Is, I don't know. I just came up with that term it sounds way more fancy than it really is no i you know what though that's i think that comes down to the difference between it being a sprint and a marathon because i you know i've experienced this i've seen so many people go through it too it's not you know we can all maybe all relate here 
uh, would be like, you know, when you're going through just that idea of it being a sprint mm -hmm. and you can just burn yourself out. Oh, yeah. And you just, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe, the, you know, the job still gets done. The work still looks great. I have, you know, there's maybe a couple projects where I know that I, you know, broke my back over that one. Right. And like I was, you know, by the end of it, I was like exhausted. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> and would I say it was hashtag worth it? Yes. You know, in its own way. But finding that balance on how to work with yourself, it's so important. We got to take care of ourselves. I yeah. know it's cliche. I know it's, you know, preach, you know, hashtag preach, but it's so true because once yeah. we start getting into that mode, there's like a certain like optimal, optimal, like mode of function. Yes. And like, once you hit that point, that's when you really, I feel like, you know, you're, you know, you're putting yourself in there. I mean, I, I'm oh, on yeah. that little by little journey. I will not claim that I'm there yet because no I think we're all be. working on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's like that conscious step forward and like that's what I, I mean, know will help me achieve even bigger projects. Yes. I want to do big <laughs> spectacle shows or, you know, stuff like that, collaborate yes. with different kinds of people. And I need to be on that, you know, I need to be able to take, you know, uh, be my own boss first before yeah. I'm trying to manage. Or figure yourself out first. And yeah, to some physically degree. and just yes. mentally and, you know, keep my emotional self in check. Keep right. it, keep those good relationships with me. That's been so nice being home too. Yeah, all the you people know? that come back and you're like, hey, you're back home. And I didn't see my mom for a right, year. Right, that too. <laughs> you know? Dang. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, I don't know, it, it just leads me to like, so do you do any sort of like meditation or mindfulness, broadly speaking? You know, it's popular to do those things now or mm -hmm. kind of turning into a popular thing. Well, one of the things they told me when I was diagnosed with ADD was meditation straight away and like mm, all all those self-help things, you know, yeah. that you read or listen to as well. That was one of the big things. So I've not perfected maybe the meditation bit, but I do take time to, you know, I've been taking time to write what I'm grateful for in the morning. Yes. Well, mainly at night, I've been working on the morning ones. Sometimes I've been skipping it here and there. I've been doing those grateful moments. And then I was doing yoga for a while when okay. I was in London. London. Um, very fortunate to have somebody that would come over. We would, you know, she would do private lessons, etc. Okay, that's cool. It was yeah. a great deal. Shout out to Katie. No. <laughs> um, more shout outs. More shout outs. <laughs> I'm like making it rain, by yeah, the way. You can't see that because this is a podcast. Um, <laughs> One day it'll be live. One right. Day. But like, so that was a great thing. And that was, I think, the first real like mind body kind yeah. of connection where after you know, after a month, I started being able to touch my toes and right, like, yeah. it was like real results. And so that I would say, like, if you're asking about like that kind just, of thing, yeah, just in yoga, general. meditation, yeah. definitely. And now I'm getting back into the workout scene. Yeah. Yep. Did a little, uh, that's awesome. Tape at home, working out Ooh, at home. Yeah. Old fashioned style. No yeah. gym right now, but we'll see. I really loved yoga though. I think that one was, you know, it's just yes. time to just relax the mind, but then also like, it's kind of, you know, spiritual, you know, yeah. take some I mean, time. That's, that's like, out as. yeah. What all those things that, you know, slow it down. My mind's going a hundred miles an hour. You and me both. Multi yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's why we're so like, bam, 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 bam. Oh yeah. So I'm really loving this podcast scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's just my whole thing, you know, I've said it before, it's pretty type A, and to make, to force myself to be like, put on the brakes, you, you can take five minutes and just not do anything. There's very few times in my day where I'm not thinking, either not thinking about or doing something, and granted, I'm terrible for multitasking, hence podcast listening. I'm always doing something and listening to a podcast most of the time. Mm. Unless it's something that I need to focus on, then I switch to music where it's just like 
tonal melodic stuff. No words. Yeah. If I need to focus. But for the most part, I'm either listening to an audiobook or listening to a podcast and doing something else. <laughs> gotcha. So, like, it's really where there's no other chatter going on, so to speak, is really rare. And so, yes. Med- meditation itself is going to be, is, is going to be, an, is a project of mine forever. Because I'm not predisposed to being of the mindful state. <laughs> I'm not that kind of person because it, it, I just push back against it for whatever reason. I yeah. just can't do it. The monkey, the monkey brain inside of me is like, you, you're sitting still. You can't sit still. This is not the... <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I went through that moment, too. When I started yoga at first, and then I was like, oh... And then I have incense in my room, and now I, I'm not kidding. And also, that's a great addition. I don't, I can't really? do incense at my, at where I'm living now. <laughs> right. But you know, um, I had the incense. But then I set up this corner for me to meditate, and mm-hmm. I really like. I made this like you know, sh- almost like it feels like a shrine, but right. really it was just a pillow in the corner. Yeah. With some you know stuff around it, and mm-hmm. I just I had this big intention, this big like you know push, like I'm gonna meditate every day. Yeah. And I didn't. Mm. And it wasn't just some magical button of, like, you know, just because you got it all set up to look like that's what you do doesn't mean, you know, that's right, what I yeah. ended up doing, and I ended up just filling that space with something else. So now when I've actually approached it and incorporated it more regularly, it's just as simply as in my room on, you know, because my bed, my phone's not in my room, and I have a moment to myself oh. after I read a book, and I yeah. can just take a moment just to, like, kind of calm it down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's... Like, that one's little by little, though. That one's taking me some time. Yeah, right. They also have those apps, too, where I've it walks you two, through it. I've used two of them. I really enjoyed that for when I, w- I would go, like, ride my bike over to one of the... This is when I was here in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, my mind's racing about the next year coming up or something. And I had that app, and I would just go sit outside. And those kind of help, though. You got a narrator yeah. of kind of telling you what are you supposed to at least be trying yes. to do. I mean, I wrote an article about this on, on, the, on the website of this. It's, it's called... Uh, 30 days of headspace. And I think part of it for me, too, is that there's a lot of connotations with the word meditation that are a lot of people confused with religion stuff, broadly speaking. And so there's a lot of pushback from people of the science mind, you know, (laughs) who are not of the the religious sort and things like that. So there's... to me, there's a lot of demystifying of the word <laughs> a little bit. That's, so that's why I named the article Headspace. And I mean, I even just wrote it because I did it for 30 days. And I definitely saw benefit, especially like seven to nine days in straight, like at least 10 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is I didn't just keep up with it because life happens and I just, you know, after you do it for so long, you're just like, well, I'm okay for now. I'm, I've, I've figured myself out for now. But when I need you, I know you're there. Right. That's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tool chest is like my, my vision of you're it. You're just using it. Yeah, right. Um, but, like, it was just there to kind of, like, catalog my experiences and, like, really give it a shot. And then basically put it in a way that's going to make people who are like myself try it. Because I think there's a lot of benefit from, from it in general. Mm. Just from improving understanding in many things, <laughs> basically. Just yeah. to be able to take a moment and just say, just step back from... The way, I, the way I describe it is, like, if you had your thoughts 
it's like a like a busy highway or a stream with leaves in it, you know? And you're you're always picking up those leaves or every thought is your car, those cars and you're like you're, you're just going back and forth and you're like giving each one of those things a second of your attention every time. Whereas like meditation is you're just letting those things go by and you're like meh, whatever. Right. <laughs> I think it's like I mean it all comes down to like kind of like that spirituality and like just kind of like taking a moment to like it's either reflection or rejecting any sort of reflection and just trying to go blank. I mean, I guess yeah. that's the point of that right, one. Right, that's what I'm trying to that's describe. To it's such a hard description, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, but it's like, um, I mean, that, and also, I mean, I guess this kind of goes into this realm of, you know, I don't know how everybody feels. Everybody, how do you feel about tarot cards? I, no, um, not, my, not my forte, but go ahead and describe it. I got my first deck right before Ooh. I left. That friend from California, you know, mm -hmm. he took me to the airport. I got my last, like right before I left though, I got this deck of tarot cards and you know, I used to do my reading. I had one other reading from another friend. Um, and uh, I don't know, but I started, you know, pull a card here and there. And mm -hmm. um, like, it just kind of like, I guess like focuses my mind of like, what do I, I am not able to like tell them right off the bat, I use a website to like, you know, read it and stuff. But I guess mm -hmm. what it's doing is also like, oh, okay. you know, helping me, um, you know, when I'm pulling that card, I did one, uh, beforehand, you know, and it's just to get like, it kind of like focuses my thought, like what's one of my forefront thoughts in my head or, you know, concerns or worries or what am I trying to mm -hmm. get from like this? And like when you're reading these descriptions and also like trying to like make sense of it all or something, mm -hmm. I think it's just also, you know, it like kind of brings that the irony is been very striking. Yeah. And I had a friend in Belgium actually tell me that I should pick up a tarot deck because it gets <laughs> a vibe from me. Ooh. Um, so, and then now that I have one though, I was like a bit shook. I was like, you know, really just like kind of feeling it. So I think I definitely want to keep this in my world and start being able to like read them. I did a friend of mine's over the phone and Ooh. it totally resonated with her. So mm -hmm. I think we're on to something here. <laughs> Maybe because I'm a double Scorpio, <laughs> sun and moon. So anyway, I don't know. I think, but it's like stuff like that, that kind of like brings, you know, I guess it's just like something that's beyond you for a moment or just right. what's in your world and just kind of like bringing it back down or like organizing it or even just dismissing it completely like meditation would. Right. You know? So I don't know. I think all those things though, it's just, it's mind, body, and spirit, isn't it? Right. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's, it's such a, a new, well, I guess for the Western world, rediscovered concept <laughs> because westernized medicine removes that whatever you call the soul or spirit or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. With westernized medicine what and things drag, like that. What a drag, though. It should definitely <coughs> consider that. I think that should be step one, actually, yes. would be the diet and mental health and stuff, like natural, like, kind of moment, and then yeah. see where you can go from there. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Like, you know, I mean, not the initial step, but definitely, like, that's a fair question straight right. away is what, how does this all respond to your, you know, how is your reaction to what you're actually, yes. you know, your lifestyle. Because I've said it to my friends before when I got like super into this stuff. It feels like there's some sort of trifecta thing, and I don't know the the scientist in me who is doesn't know how to articulate it because it doesn't feel very sciencey. But it's like you can understand the mind, like the psychological framework of things. You can understand the body, but then there's like that third thing that whatever the self is, like the soul and your whatever you need to be content. You know, I don't know. I just see. I I lose words for it because I've spent so much time reading about. Um, we've talked about it before with like anxiety and depression and things like that. 
the the new research into psychedelic therapy basically and how it helps people you know have experiences that allow them to transcend their self oh and you're mentally. talking about when they trip yes but in a very strict in a yeah in a, therapeutic environment right no it's like, like, like in your friends no it's like room. not you tripping with your friends and you're like hey, right bro, bro. I saw, well i saw a documentary on yes. that as well and so nice <laughs> video admittedly yeah, totally okay and i well because I, I just finished reading, reading michael pollan's book how to change your mind and basically the last half of the book well first of all the author himself has three different psychedelic experiences and he recounts it himself in writing and probably some of the best writings and understanding what happens when you take these substances but also the the idea of how to like what applications they can use to help people with different things with being it anxiety uh depression alcoholism um and then end of life anxiety as well mm. broadly speaking so to me and then it just it just feels like it, it is opening different avenues that is kind of like this new form because it's not because it's the weirder part about it is there's people that do these things and they say like they recount it themselves and say it's like you know I've experienced God right or something like that but then they still say they're atheists and it's like hmm that's weird because it's like how can you say you've experienced something like that and it's like a failure of human language to articulate what the extra experience was or they say something like the cosmic consciousness <laughs> well there's definitely i mean there's some sort of like you know i i believe with like the energies and everything right and so i don't know but all that with it you know being put together to create like what's the day-to-day -day and stuff i know we can go yes we, into I, that but like i think like in the end it's learning for everyone like individually i think my big reflection or question would be like how do, can i manage this right. or like how do i like at least want to connect with that or like take a moment to myself even that just means like silence and yes. not and actually trying to push away all these thoughts instead of trying to like you know flood my brain <laughs> all the time with all these ideas right. so if that's meditation that's meditation you know and so yeah. i think it's like a definition for everybody <clears throat> in you know in some different ways and like actually that's a really good point you know so it's not always like this standard of living because i thought you know i needed an incense burning and a morning <laughs> you know corner to sit in because yeah. that's what i heard you know like that's just what i thought you know right everyone has their it. own preconceived like, notions how, of what the, it is yeah exactly that's the life you know that's the person i want to be and who knows maybe at some point when this is more regular i do have my designated corner but until then and i've been doing this thing where until i'm actually proving myself that i'm doing this because mm -hmm. i don't know how many gym memberships i've signed up for or how many like you know uh day planners I bought yeah but this time I bought a cheap day planner I told myself you'll get a moleskin when you actually use this one all year Ooh. so you know what I mean yeah. use this one consistently and actually I really like this layout and I've been using it your appointment was written in here Ooh. and <laughs> but no but that's the thing is like you know I'm trying you know approaching it humbly now as opposed to like setting it as like a you know visual kind of thing like you know with when it comes to these kind of mm -hmm. lifestyle you know changes and stuff so it's just and using what you got you know it right. doesn't take you know purchasing all this stuff to make it a thing right. yeah <laughs> like i mean cheese you know does it so, need to be diamond encrusted or whatever to me? I mean, at some point it will be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not diamonds. I don't know. Some well, sort of cool gem. We'll see. Some yeah, sort right. Of crystal of some sort. There you go. Whatever one resonates with. I got it. You know, I got <laughs> champagne taste. Right now, I got some lemonade pockets. But you know, I'm gonna 
you know, I do got some expensive taste. As you were totally, like, I'm playing with like, your hair. No big deal. Yeah, I'm just blinging out, just chilling. Yeah, I know. Normal day. <laughs> oh, well, we could definitely talk for, like, ever and ever. Oh, my gosh, true. It's already almost an hour and a half, and it's now almost 9.30 now here as we're recording. <gasps> Busted. I know, so. Busted. As we're talking about lifestyle shifts, I gotta go to bed. I guys. know, that's exactly why. <laughs> so. It sounds like there's gonna be have to be a round two at some point because <laughs> we'll, we can we'll talk update for each other on hour. these habits, see how we're doing. Yeah, then. I know what new things. I'm always experimenting with things. I'm actually so just to wrap up. I bought so speaking of nighttime routines, I bought what is called a uh, a, a night light or no wait sleep. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically a, a light that you put in your room that's like an alarm clock. But it mimics the sunset and sunrise. I saw that, like, years ago on Amazon. Yes. How is it? I don't have it yet. It's oh. coming tomorrow. Oh, how exciting. My but bedroom's I... in the basement, so if someone that, like, you know, has to wake up in the dark, it's, like, actually quite exciting. Yeah, no. So, like, the, what I'm going to try and do with it, so this is my new routine I'm going to experiment with, is I bought a little nightstand. Ooh. Right? So Love fancy. it. So fancy. Bought that. But I'm going to put that in my room, turn it on, and set it for, like, I don't know, a 30-minute or an hour time or whatever I decide to do it, and it'll basically it'll fade from, like, a bright light to like a red light like setting sun mm. and I'll use that as my sleep timer for like I'll read until then I love it you know now I've that been... we're talking about nightly routines continue please yeah, no no yours. that's it that that's was yours it. Yeah. reading before bed yes that's what you're saying I try to read like a chapter or something this particular book I'm reading Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meeting right now doesn't have chapters it's very dark it's a key survived Auschwitz Oh, wow. Yes, it well, is. Well, mine's a totally another A very intense subject. book. I've been meaning to read it for a long time, and I, it was, like, recommended for, like, the hundredth time from another podcast. So I'm like, fine, mm -hmm. universe, I will finally buy this thing, because apparently it's, like, one of the most recommended books from the world's top performers, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's good. Um, unplugging was the big thing, too, so now I'm yes. reading at least a chapter a night, and on a whole nother side of the spectrum, yes. I'm currently, this is something, actually I found this in, uh, in my Nana's house Ooh. before I had left. Uh, before, and uh, so while I was there, actually, so this guy, his name's Dave Ramsey. He's mm -hmm. all about talking about finances mm -hmm. and uh, getting out of debt is his big thing. And totally other end of the spectrum. Coming from someone and, you know, just got out of university. Yeah. I did take out some student loans. And just, you know, while I'm getting my, you know, first real income after school mm -hmm. and just making sure that I approach this differently than I have with my other jobs, let's just right, say. Right, yeah. Uh, make sure I do this right. And um, do this to the best, too, to get the most bang for my buck, really. You know, yeah. so um, I actually was watching some of his YouTube videos and I had realized that's the guy that of the book program that I just brought from my Nana's house. So actually, it's like I think one of her like final gifts to me in a way. Yeah. I think that's quite beautiful. So, so cool. I ran over into the car and I go, oh, my gosh, here's the. So I'm currently reading. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I finished my one book. This was, you know, called Girl Boss. It's like something I've that was that popular, one. you yeah. know. I did I did read that my first month just to get back in the swing of it. And then, uh, but Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. So I'm reading Ooh. about that right now. It's, nice. So, and also have the audiobook in my car when I'm feeling, you know. When you're feeling it. Yeah. So I've been listening to that too. So getting my mind right in there. Yeah. And, you know. I could, I could endlessly recommend books. It's like half of what I do. 
Well, after I'm doing all these, you know, hashtag lifestyle books, yeah, like, no. you know, money management's my big so, thing right now, you know, bossing around. I do yeah, want right. to get into more, like, you know, some fairy tales before yeah. bed and stuff. I mean, that's another thing, too. So, like, after I finish this Victor Frankl one, I need what's called, what I call mentally a palate cleanser. Mm. So I need something that's going to diffuse that sort of high realism of something like the Holocaust. This yeah. is a bit of a heavy subject before bed, huh? Yes, it is. Goodness. <laughs> it's it's to, as I read it sometimes I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like the the best and worst of humanity at the same time." You know, cuz yeah. it's like the perseverance of the people who are through it and then also you get to see the people who are like the guys you know, policing it, right? So it's like, "Hmm. I don't know." But I had, I felt the need to underline it, and this is like a, a new thing for me because I used to never underline or write inside of books that I read because it's like defacing them. Right, right. I can't do it. But I've been doing it lately, and it's really helpful because then I can go back through and be like, ooh, there's an awesome quote and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I've been, that's another side note thing is like I've been collecting quotes that are awesome. I, I love that. I have a, a, a note taking service on my computer called Evernote. And you can basically download an app on your phone and on your desktop, and it syncs all together. So you I can... feel like all these people should be our sponsors. Yes. <laughs> yes, they should. Hello. Hey. Check, check, one, two. First one's on me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> use, use the code. Yeah, right? <laughs> if only. If yeah. only. If only. Anyways, we could be here for many I know. more hours. Okay, excuse me. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on here. Oh, this is awesome. It's so much fun. I loved it. We should definitely figure out another time down the road. Yes. You know, and just keep in touch, period. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Peace out, everybody. Bye, everybody. Shout out again. <laughs> and now we're going off air this time to bring it full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Signing out. Boom. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.